Branding is often the most important but most overlooked aspect of any business. On this episode of Range of Influence, we sit down with two branding and marketing experts to talk about elevating your brand in 2022. Welcome once again to the ROI or Range of Influence podcast. I'm your host, Russell Lahodny, President and CEO of the Columbia County Chamber. And of course, with us as always is Reagan Williams, Senior Vice President at Maybaum and past chair of the Chamber's Board of Directors. We are in part three of our four-part series and this one is Elevating Your Brand in 2022. Reagan, you wanna introduce our two guests today? Russ, I'm really looking forward to this discussion on elevating your brand. Today, we've got Mike Thomas, who's CEO of Allison South. Uh, also, along with Mike, we've got Kate Sanders, who's COO of Allison South, a local marketing company here in the Augusta area. And, you know, your brand is vital to your business, allowing you to leave the right impression with clients and communicating lots of things about your company. So I hope our listeners pay special attention to this conversation. I think it's going to be great. Absolutely, Reagan. I am excited about this conversation as well, and we will jump right into it right after this message from our presenting sponsor, Premier Networks. Premier Networks is the premier information technology and cybersecurity firm in the CSRA. You have enough to worry about for your business. Leave it to the Augusta IT guys to ensure your IT is done right. No ironclad contracts, no fine print, just fast, reliable technology from an experienced customer-centric team, locally owned. Call for a free cyber assessment because in 2021, IT has to be right. Premier Networks, the official IT partner of the Augusta Green Jackets. Hey, Mike. Hey, Kate. Welcome uh, to the podcast studio. Thanks for having us, man. Yeah. Yeah. Glad to be here. So we're doing uh, our series, our new series called A New You in 22. And, uh, you know, we've, we've got our four topics. We've got customer service. We've got planning. We've got uh, leadership development. And we, we've got elevating your brand. So uh, we brought the experts in. Uh, you know, our, our good friends at Allison South, we appreciate everything you guys have done for the chamber and thought what a great uh, segue to, to get you guys in and, and kind of talk about some of the branding things. So welcome. Uh, we'll just kind of dive right into it. And, uh, you know, we've been offering some tips for people to, to kind of plan and, and get ready for, for having their best year ever in 2022. Who knows what it's going to look like, uh, you know, but um you know, let's talk about branding, you know, elevating your brand, um, both professionally and personally. Uh, what do you guys think are some of the top things, uh, you know, people should be preparing for and looking to do in 2022? Do you want me to start? Why not? Okay. Um, well, you know, one thing, and this has always been true, but we kind of got away from this truth. And then with COVID, it's pushed it back is that genuine connection with people people want a genuine connection with the brands and the businesses that they buy from and and do do business and work with whether it's business to consumer business to business really doesn't matter um, they want to know you know what causes you care about that you are a contributing member of society and of your community you know they want to work with people that are in their local communities. And so now's a really good time to capitalize on all those things and make sure that your message that you're putting out there is really genuine and tells people what your core values are and what you care about as a business, because that is what people in general are 
you know, really, really looking to right now. I, I thought it was interesting over Thanksgiving, some of the commercials that my husband and I were watching. Um, there was a Chipotle commercial. There was a Publix commercial, AT&T. They're like short films right now. I mean, the Chipotle one was an entire claymation. I mean, they're in the crops. It was crazy. We were like, who's this for? Where is this headed? And some of the commercials didn't even have anything to do with the product. You know, they were really about the emotional attachment um, to the company or the emotional attachment that you feel when you interact with the company. So it's an interesting shift and I think a good one and, and almost like going back, you know, to the way things were uh, a, a longer time Meaning ago. Meaning like the brand's becoming more human. Yeah. Yeah, I, I saw a Chick-fil-A video, right? It's the whoopsery that they've got. I think they've done it several years in a row. It's like a two and a half minute kind of Disney quality cartoon. But it has nothing to do with selling chicken. Uh, it's all about this kind of emotional connection to who they are. And Kate, I think you, you mentioned something about, you know, hitting customers with, um, you know, a company's values, uh, making sure people know who they are. And to me, the word is authenticity, right? I mean, so it's about staying true to who you are. Um, and in brands, I think, are really getting good at, at doing that, making sure that they are authentic to who they are and being consistent in that. Um, I think, too, and I like your feedback on that, you know, when brands, when companies stray, from who they are, I think customers sometimes get offended by that, or they mm -hmm. they, they, they know they find some kind of like that doesn't feel right, like that you've broken trust with me in some way. Uh, how important is that for companies to kind of stay within that that lane that everybody knows who they are, and is there danger in kind of getting out of that and, and expanding some of that? I think it depends. I mean, I'm trying to think of an of an example in my head, and I, I don't have one that's coming to mind right now, so I might have to think about it for a minute, but. I think whatever the message is, as long as it's true and it's true to who you are, then you're going to be okay. You know, when you're trying to say something that you're not or um, follow in the footsteps of a competitor or keep up with somebody else instead of really trying to focus on your customer, your product, and what your company product service means to the people that use it, you know, when you kind of start worrying about what other people are doing or again kind of trying to keep up with somebody else then that's when you get into that kind of territory where you may come off as less sincere because your priority isn't where it should be yeah i think the the idea of sincerity in your in your brand um authenticity in your brand it's so much more than just like your logo and your colors right i mean it's about who you are it's the voice that you're trying to communicate the the ideas the, the things that you're trying to say to your customers um my, how hard is that to convince, you know, the folks that you guys work with on a daily basis through Allison South to convince them that it's so much more than just the drawing on a piece of paper and the logo that goes on a T-shirt that really you've got to speak to a kind of a deeper connection with your customer? Yeah, we call it storytelling. I mean, if we don't, if we don't get to tell the story, then it doesn't make any sense. So it's such important to be able to go when you, you have those initial meetings and you're trying to figure out what their story's been and then realize they've actually never told it. So... If we said there should be a trend to really start telling is actually tell your story, how you started, how you got where you were, what got you there, you know, those kind of things connect, like going back to connectivity with the customer. And I think the important thing too, when you're talking about your brand is you're absolutely right that it's not just your logo or your colors or your tagline. And it's not just what an agency or your internal marketing person can do for you either. 
Um, or it's not just a Facebook post. That's right. I mean, your business has a lot of control. I get to do, I get to speak, you know, every couple semesters at like AU and with the clubhouse entrepreneur classes. And one of the things I always like to tell them is, you know, if your front desk person answers the phone and says, hello, that's part of your brand because that's part of the customer experience. I mean, your brand is the, every single interaction that your potential customers and current customers have with your company. And so all of those are opportunities to expand your brand and to, you know, reiterate what your brand is. And so if people go, I mean, we say this all the time, you can have a $5 million marketing budget, but if your product's crap or your service isn't good or your processes or, you know, those internal things aren't good, it doesn't matter how much advertising you do or marketing you do or how great your social media may be because you might get that one sale off of those things, but you're not putting that person into a loyalty loop to continue doing business with you. And I would say that's another... Explain that, actually. That's, that's so, the, to me, that should be the... Tr- it, you're right. It is It is the true trend is... And even, you know, I was telling y'all, I was reading up on some of the tr- consumer trends coming out, and um, a lot of it's about short-form video, and we talked Instagram reels and TikTok, and um, first-party data, because we're not going to be able to use third-party data, and inbound marketing strategies, and really what it all comes down to is the consumer journey, and that has changed a lot over the last few years. Um, You know, when I was going through college 20 years ago, we were talking about the sales funnel, you know, and the going down, and, and that was what it was, and it was like the whole point was that purchase at the end of the sales funnel and then it just ended that was just it that's not what it looks like now it's actually a circle (laughs) and the point is to get people when they have the trigger to need your product or service again for them to not go back into active evaluation to not go back to google and search you know to not go back and ask friends for recommendations because they immediately go back to you because they've done business with you i mean yes you want new business but continuing a loyalty loop of consumers that have already interacted with you is tantamount to being successful and to growing your business. And so that's really what it all comes down to is the consumer journey and understanding your customer or client and what their journey is. And you may have three, four, five different types of customers, you know, and the way that they do research may be different for every group of them. Um, some the of them, yeah, and the message may be different for all of those groups. Um, you it's know, gotten harder. It's not gotten oh easier. Oh, God, no. It's not gotten easier. <laughs> not at all. I and, mean, marketing starting out 15 years ago or 20 years ago would have been just buy your print ad, buy your billboard, smaller. buy a TV commercial. Yellow pages. Make it yell or stand out just a tad, and we're good. Well, I think that's the struggle, right, is you go back to the, the statement about you know, it's not just your logo, your tagline, your colors, right? I mean, it's about so much more because so many people have been conditioned that if I can just put my, you know, contact information sign. out there, right? <laughs> pay my sign, put my logo out there, tell people what I sell, they'll come because that's the way it used to be. Just put an ad in the yellow pages and they'll call me. So so how does it, to our listeners, how, how does somebody go from that stage in their, in their marketing to begin to start this idea of telling a story to creating a customer experience that will lead to that circle that you talk about? Where, where's that starting point for, for, for some people? So some of it is a true shift in in marketing mentality. You know, one of the things I, I'll see our clients do um, that's not the right way to think about it is maybe you are talking about a billboard and you're only looking at that billboard as, as 
it by itself because of the way the consumer journey works and because of the way that we consume our information you have to look at your marketing strategy as a whole it's not about one piece and what is this one piece going to do to me because people are coming in and out of that circle at different places you know so you have to kind of be everywhere and if you don't have a very large budget you got to get really creative and that's hard to do um you know being able to show up well for Google My Business, for SEO listings. And then, I mean, gosh, Google likes to change their algorithms because why not? And so one year having video on your website's the way to, you know, help your SEO. And the next year, take all the video off of your website because all they care about is your load time and your video slowing down your load time. So get rid of all, I mean, it changes all the time and it's super overwhelming. But really to look at that consumer journey as a whole with your marketing and to look at what you're doing across the board to make sure that you are in those different places um, so that, you know, when they do go maybe search, when they see a billboard, uh, you know, if you're doing a billboard and you aren't doing SEO on your website, it's kind of a waste because most of those people, I mean, you can look at billboards now, look at the national companies. They don't have phone numbers. They don't have URLs. They don't have addresses. There is very little on billboards now. You got three to five seconds if you got a good read and you need people to remember your name because they're gonna go Google it. That's what they're gonna do. And then if they Google it and you're not showing up, somebody else is serving an ad or somebody nearby shows up or on your the- your reputation, your content's not yeah, good. Yeah, your reviews are bad, you know, or you just don't have reviews. I mean, it, it every single piece of it works together. So the paid media strategy is really important and it's gotta be a priority for companies you have to put money into what you're trying to do. Um, but that earned media, which is, you know, the reviews and things like that's earned media is super important. And so is your owned media and your owned media would be what you're putting on your social channels, what you're putting on a website, what you're writing in blogs, all of it has to work together to reach your goals. So it's kind of a shift, you know, people are so rightfully so focused on their budget i've heard people say i want to double my sales next year and they're going to keep their marketing budget the same that's just not realistic um you know your market share i think about some of especially what covid's done some industries have exploded and so the market share that some of our clients and some businesses around this community had two years ago looks a lot different because a lot of people have popped up that do what they do now that weren't even here in 2019 so, you know, you always have to focus sort of on, on that customer journey, consumer journey. What does that look like? And how do I continue to communicate with people in an authentic way and use every single touch point with them as a way to maximize, you know, what our brand is? So, I mean, if you're a home services business, when you text them or email them to tell them the tech is coming and you have a picture in there of the tech and what does your uniform look like? What does your truck look like? All of that is part of the brand experience, you know, of someone pulling up, interacting. What does your invoice look like? You know, all of those things. Um, I follow a guy that's I love. His, his blog is actually called The Loyalty Loop. And one of the things that he talked about was he was leasing a Mercedes. And he got all this information on how to turn his car in. And there was nothing in it saying, hey, let me tell you about the new, you know, next year deals we have, models, any of that, because the sales team, the business development wasn't talking to the billing side. And he said, they created a trigger in me 
to go search. They didn't necessarily create a trigger in me to buy from them and put me into their loyalty loop because they were saying, hey, your lease is up. They did create a trigger for me to go back and start looking and then he ended up buying from a different company. And so even your invoice, you know, even those types of moments are opportunities, yeah, to get people in and keep them in your loyalty loop and make sure you're maximizing. Like I said, even when you pick up the phone, every bit of that is part of your brand because it's the customer interacting with your business. There is so much to unpack out of that that uh, answer to that question. She's done um, this before, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> I get really passionate talking about You can about tell this. she's the strategist. In the but <laughs> I want to take a step back too, Mike, because you talked about storytelling and the importance of that. Um, one of my favorite books is Start With Why uh, with, from Simon Sinek. Um, and I think it's so important. And I, I think there are so many businesses and so many people that don't, understand that point and they don't even know what their why is really do you want to touch on that and and how people might maybe find their why or why it's so important to to kind of go that route i almost think you do it internal and external so depending on how much staff you have to like how involved are they in the business i mean we're talking about employment issues in this world um are your staff bought into what your why is or are they helping you create your why um, I mean, we're a very open book company. So we've always been that way. Like your, our staff knows sales totals and this, and do we buy this or do we need to upgrade that? Or like we try to include them in decision-making for the most part and, and helping them also like figure out what our brand is going into the future too. Yeah. I mean, our why before was we were a kitchen table business. I mean, we started 12 years ago on a kitchen table. So we could relate to a small startup company going from the ground up with no money. So we had that why behind it, um, which grew us really fast. And then our why now has become we have 52 employees that have backgrounds and expertise in every frame of marketing. So our why might be a little bit different from a structure. We can still relate to the small business because in some ways I still look that we are. But then we can also relate to a large industry company now because we have people that have dealt with that expertise. Um, But even once you figure out the why, it's how you tell it. And sometimes people just think it takes a lot of money. And granted, a lot of money would help because, but even if you had a lot of money, there's still one attorney that's going to spend more than the other attorney. So it's just going to be a constant game, but it really comes down to what makes you different as the attorney. Yeah. And if you, if you just shout the same thing, which four out of five usually do, not the ones we work with, but uh, because we get to control it. But right. if you get to actually show your difference and communicate your difference, through all your channels, whether it is a billboard, social media, or whatever, then I think you win. And then it, then it's consistency. So most people are going to hit the panic button. And for and again, COVID made that happen, sure. But was there a consistency in at least getting something out there? And then now what's your – you may be like, well, it's the end of the year. I just need to slow down. Or it's the end of the year and I need to do this. No, it's consistent. Find that, like, steady what you're going to do and stay with it. Because um, we see people do something and then stop and then – you or want to change it really or quickly. Or change it really quickly, which makes no sense. Because even if somebody knows your brand or seen your colors or whatever, they haven't seen it seven, ten times. They've seen it maybe once or twice. They haven't ingrained it in them. Um, and if you're, again, if you got – or your why could be that you've been in business for 50-plus years. Are you sharing your company's history? Probably not. You know, Or have you changed your company's history? Has the trend shown the difference of, like, your logo growth and your story and your messaging? Like she's saying – like your clientele might be three different areas and three different messages. So 
it's it's interesting. I would say way back it was easier. Radio, TV, this, that, done. Now it's you, you might have had 10 things or less to have to focus on. Now you've got at least 30. Yeah. I mean, with so social media and I mean, all the well, different and, platforms and keeping up Well, yeah. and the hard thing about social media now is, I mean, you can look at engagement reports and how organic posts were being shared, you know, across Facebook three to five, five years ago, a lot more of your following was getting the stuff that you didn't put money on. They don't do that anymore. Facebook's showing your post to like one to 3% of your following if you don't put money on it. And so now it's like, there's even has to be strategy there there's there's like granular strategy across everything but to me i mean that why should dictate your value proposition that why should dictate your core values like mike said that there's an internal part of it there's an external part of it um we're doing strategy meetings with our clients right now to prepare for 2022 to look back at 21 hear what their goals are for next year and then we you know shift our strategy and tactics around what their goals are going to be coming up and every single probably client so far, if not every one of them, 95% of them, hiring needs has been one of them, has been one of the priorities. Every, I mean, I can't think of anybody who that hasn't been a priority that they've talked about. So then you take their marketing budget now that was used to reach to a consumer, and now we have to take it to reach a person to go work there. Yeah. Right. And then what's really interesting is everybody else is doing that. That's right. So then you have to be different. And then you're still, and so you'll drive down one road and whatever, Augusta, and you'll see hiring for this, hiring for that. So now you're just fighting over a dollar. So then they're not building any culture. So you might as well just not do it. Like you That's might what as, it feels like sometimes. What, and the amount of money they have to spend just to get two people to come work there. So it's. I don't just, mean for us. I think that's how yeah, it feels for clients, clients though. though. But I mean, yeah. or we see it with manufacturing, definitely clients right now. Um, or, or are you doing video now to, cause you're, your short staffs are using videos then to communicate some of your messaging. Um, it's interesting. It is interesting. I mean, there's more budget being put into hiring, you know, and, and marketing to potential employees. I mean, it's not just, again, it's not just throw a post up on Indeed and sit back and let's see what happens. I mean, that's not the market we're in right now. And so really advertising to people to come work for you, not just advertising to people to, to buy from you or do business with you, um, has to be a line item in there too. And, you know, what does that look, look like? Is it, you know, a LinkedIn advertising and for True. some businesses it is, but then for some it's, we need to be out at, you know, have tables and booths set up at the green jackets game and be talking to people while they're there, yeah. you know, about our opportunities. I mean, yeah, we did we, one comp client that we represent had us probably do 50 plus events this year, working a booth to get people to come work there. Where we were doing we're, 30 before, we, yeah, 36 we were doing 30, before. Yeah, 36 before, and we were e easily 50-plus this year. So just the increase of that. Um, or a marketing budget three years ago might have been less than 5% goes to hiring needs. I guarantee it's going to be over 35% this year. Uh, yeah, in 2022. Especially when it comes down to home services and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. it's not, But the professional services, I mean, our accounting clients, our legal clients, like they're hiring too. It feels like... <laughs> I can tell everyone. you. Everyone. Yeah, I can tell you from the chamber side of it, everyone, everyone is looking for for employees. I mean, it just and where they're going to come from, you know, we're still unclear. Yeah. But, um, they're just going to pop out of a tree. It, you know, if if you Our can where's, where's find that system? tree, yeah, well, and you know, you yeah. will be very rich. One of one of mine and Mike's idols talks about this. Gary V. 
Um, he talks about yeah. basically creating an incubator for new employees. But that's what we that's right. we have some clients that are doing that, especially in you know skilled trades and things like that, where they're saying, all right, we're going to have a funnel system in here from high schools, from trade schools, you know, all these different places to create our next workforce to train them ourselves to yep. help them get their hours and you know years of experience and things like that and so even that's like a whole other line item budget that people didn't even have to worry about yeah before where they say all right well i'm gonna create the employees you know and take yep. them and mold them and shape them and train them myself yeah and there's a lot to that too and you know the chamber through our foundation we're, we're kind of working that too but you know there's an immediate need now mm -hmm. and it's like you, you can't wait you can't yeah you can't wait for them to come through high school you know our our businesses out there need employees today so it's an interesting well, i think we're probably seeing a lot of of uh you know interesting things happening as we talk about this uh you know issue with finding employees is that you know the brand and the consistency of marketing and advertising to the consumer you know had to be one thing but kid as you said i mean could just kind of put up something in Indeed, everybody needed a job, you just get somebody, and it was pretty easy. But that consistency of, of your brand has to now, you know, kind of cross the line into telling that story to these potential employees to try to create a brand for them to want to be with you. So you've got to track them like you would somebody who was wanting to come to your restaurant or hire you as their, their attorney. So it's, it's, it's become probably more difficult for, for business owners or, or marketing leaders or anybody in this industry to understand how to do that because it's, it's a different message. It's, but it's gotta be that same kind of feel. And so that customer experience now has to become, how do I tell this, this employee experience journey, right? So it's that full circle. That's that loop that we talk about for the customers now has to be for the employees too. That's gotta be a, a pretty big task for a lot of business leaders to, to do both and to do them well. Right. Yes. And then, I mean, you couple it with the fact that pricing on everything is going up. And so, you know, they're, they're having to raise their own prices to cover the prices of, of whatever, you know, their supplies are that they get from their vendors. Um, they're having to pay people more to come work for them. You're absolutely right. I mean, I think of a couple years ago, you know, when we were hiring as the employer, you kind of had all the power. You know, you would put something out there on Indeed. You'd have you could have 30, 40, 50 people fill fill out the you know send in their application. You interview people. You could take your time. Now it's like right now because we have some positions we're hiring for. Two years ago, Mike or I would have said we want to meet them before you hire them. Now I'm like, uh, uh, don't wait on me. If you if our HR person likes them, the team that they're working with likes them, go, 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 because they're interviewing with other people. And if you wait even a day, they may have accepted a job somewhere else. So, I mean, it, it's an interesting kind of power shift, not necessarily a bad thing, you know, probably something that a lot of us as business owners should have been doing anyway or, you know, but it, it is a big shift and it is something people are going to have to put some of those, like Mike said, marketing dollars to that they really didn't have to consider previously to market to and internal like really create your internal messaging brand so i mean and, and let the team figure out what that is for you i don't think it hurts you to listen so no I, I like that because i think so many people right spend all their dollars on something that only the public sees and they spend no time branding themselves to the people that are already there 
So oh, it's, yeah. it's about that culture, that experience that we all feel whenever we show up to work and how does it make me feel to be here? And some of that takes somebody taking time to market the company to their own people and do the, to that as consistent and persistent as you would to the public. Yeah. Like normally I deal with this a lot. Like they'll say, we've got this much budget. What do you want to spend it on? I'm like, cool. Uh, your paint, your carpet, like your signage, like pressure, wash the building. Yeah. Pressure, wash your building. Oh, you don't know how to get a pressure wash? I'll help you. Like, like that's where we almost had to start. It's like, go very basic. Like, look at your carpet and just see if that even is a presentable of what your brand or your image is. Um, and that's the sad part. I mean, people forget that. So I think... You get used to seeing it. You know, you get used to seeing stuff every day. Your Is your logo readable? Um, is it scalable? Because now logos are needing to be seen. Your icon needs to be seen even smaller at some point on different things on the phone. So is it scalable? Is your messaging clear? Is your design clean? Is it simple? So dummy it down. Like, it's almost so much basics before you even get to, now let's put a TV commercial out there. Now let's do a digital campaign. You know, like, that, and I think that's the unfortunate trend is everybody's like, and I stopped somebody last two weeks ago. I was in a meeting. And he's like, I'm about to go meet with the billboard guy. I'm like, cool, you don't need to. Like, you're three months away from that. Like, you're in basic land right now. Like, you have a logo that's not even readable on a billboard, so now you're going to spend $900 a month wasting it. So it's it's tough to get them to stop and think. And, again, if you can't do much, then start with the basics, which is paint. What is that, 100 bucks? Chamber membership should be your basic $400 even if yep. you start a business. Agreed. And I'm not just saying that because I'm on the Chamber <laughs> podcast. Yeah. But, I mean, that's been a core principle for us and a value system that like if you can't afford a chamber membership don't don't be in business i was going to say every chamber and every market that, we're in truth, yeah every chamber and every market that we're in will tell you i mean that's one of the if we start working with somebody and they don't have a chamber membership it's one of the first things we do you know to get them involved because it is it is an easy um like you said kind of a simple thing that if you overlook it you you're missing out on an opportunity your signage you can't afford it then don't be in business your uh web presence if you can't have a nice website or portfolio website about yourself don't be in business there, i mean it's just a lot of different things like that you, you're actually really spot on i think to going back to the basics i think a lot of people just overlook they got so let's say pre-pandemic so focused on like just exposure this and that and that you know but it had a different feel to it and now it's like like you said you know the actual visual experience of somebody walking into your store has has an impression and makes an impact on somebody that that you know comes into your business and like you said dirty carpets whatever it it leaves an impression for sure and something that like you said kate you know you live it you're in it you're used to yeah, it you don't see it you don't recognize it but it all plays a, a part of the and, overall brand and sometimes the consumer doesn't necessarily consciously see it but all that information is going into their brain i use the example because i worked in the print and paper industry and so you know my husband he he hates it when we'll be in a really nice restaurant and i'm over here flicking the edge <laughs> of this piece of paper that's like a you know text weight paper that they printed on their laser jet in the back but they want me to spend 65 dollars on an entree you know, you think about stuff like that. I mean, if you went to a really nice restaurant and they gave you plastic silverware rolled up in a paper napkin, maybe you don't consciously, I mean, that's an obvious one, but maybe yeah. you don't consciously think about it, but you have all these subconscious cues telling you this is not, you know, a, an above par experience. This is not consistent with the pricing on this menu or with the experience they're trying to create. 
So you have to think about that kind of thing too. What sort of experience are you trying to create for people? And the silverware and napkin and, and menu is an easy one because it's so tactile, but you have to translate that into your business. And I mean, yes, the front of the building, the way the sign looks, being being clean, you know, the the concrete being clean, the carpet being clean, the walls not being all scuffed up. But your your online presence is sort of like your you know digital yeah. digital yeah. virtual storefront, and so you know ha- having that same type of message that you're conveying, and especially having a digital version of your I mean a, a mobile version of your website. I mean I'll go on websites now all the time, and I'm like, what in the world? What year is this? Yeah, these we're people. Not, we're not even just talking Augusta, Georgia. I mean, oh we, no, we have oh, offices sure. in Florida that you would think are major metropolitan. Yeah, in city. Fort Lauderdale, top, Miami. Top forty market, and still have. There's so many businesses that have issues. Yeah, Chattanooga, yeah. Tennessee is a, a great market. You would be amazed how many companies are still not presenting themselves correctly. Yeah, and a lot of times it is because they're working inside of their business. They have a lot of priorities. They have a lot of balls to juggle. Currently, they're understaffed, which means they're probably doing two or three more jobs than they need to That's be right. doing. And so then this stuff gets kind of put on the back burner. But it is really important, um, and it does kind of fit in with that overall you know, consumer journey and experience and, and what your brand is telling people. Again, it's, it's not just the logo and the, the colors. Yeah, no, and the, the, that customer experience, I think, is is something that nobody pays attention to as much as they should, right? Because they're all thinking about customer acquisition. So how can I market in a way that's going to bring me a customer? But then whenever the customer gets there, and I've experienced this, I know we all have, you guys have probably uh, experienced this a lot, is that when I, as a customer, get there, the experience doesn't match the advertising, right? So they, they promised me something with this big flashy campaign, but when I get to their website or I walk into their storefront or I go to this restaurant that has this you know terrible in, environment, but they want me to, to, to spend money for it, um, you know, it doesn't always match. You know, on a previous uh, podcast epi- episode, we had this, this discussion about is customer so keen? We talked a lot about with, with uh, Chick-fil-A and some, some discussions on Ritz-Carlton, and we, we get their brand externally, what they look like and what we are to expect. But I mean, if you're going to spend the money to go to Ritz Carlton, you walk in and it is not up to par, then your customer experience and their retention of you is going to be difficult, right? So um, it's, it's, I think it's a good discussion. How can, how can businesses juggle those two, right? So the cu- customer um, acquisition, so they've, they've, they're doing some good Facebook ads or they've got their SEO going and they've got a good website. Um, how can they juggle that with making sure that they're spending enough time and resources? We're talking about spending money to develop that good customer experience, whether it's the carpet or whether it's how someone yeah. answers the phone or the process by mm-hmm. which you go to, to do that. I mean, how, how do you guys help your clients juggle that? So one of our services that our digital team provides is lead generation, where essentially it closes the loop You know, after AdWords or anywhere that you're advertising digitally. Um, and we have a tracker that we work with the client with somebody in their office that's that's showing what closed. It shows what time of day, what day of the week, so that they can go, oh, wow, on Wednesdays, you know, that's our biggest day. And Mondays are slow. And then we can shift their budgets around to match up with what the data is telling us on things like that. But one of the nice things is we, we can do, you know, call recording. And so if they're getting all these leads going through but they're not closing them, we have a team of people who have certifications, you know, that can listen and go, all right, this is where the problem is. This is where the breakdown is. The lead's coming in, but you're not closing it. And that's why I say, you know, you can have the best marketing in the world, 
But And you can spend all the money you want, but if your product doesn't match up and your product can be your service, your product can be yourself, you know, you're, and, but if it doesn't match up, then that close rate is going to be low. And so a lot of times you can see if something's not working because it's not translating into a sales dollar, for example. I think the hard thing is pinpointing the where and the why. You know, why is something not working? Where is it not working? Um, we go back to your your example from Mercedes, right? So, I mean, they, they did a good job, obviously, of getting this guy to, to lease his Mercedes up right. front. We're doing a very good job of making sure that he knew how to turn it in. Mm-hmm. A really bad job of making him a repeat customer. Mm-hmm. And that's that's where a, I think a lot of businesses get tripped up because we're so conscious on making sure we acquire you. How do we keep you? How do we keep you in our family and, and create that experience for you that you never want to leave? Yeah. Bronco's done it well for me. So I, I've gotten gifts in the mail from Bronco in the last six months. I've owned a Bronco since June 1, and I've gotten two random packages just of stuff. One was a flag to hang in my garage to say I'm a proud Bronco owner. The other one was a canopy-type tent thing. So just simple stuff. But I'm sure they built it into the price. They figured that ahead. But I think even – you could say, well, that's a national company. That's a lot of money. But still going back to these local companies, what are you doing to say thank you? Again, it goes – I hate to say marketing is sometimes basic. It's yeah. just doing it and doing it well and doing it consistent. And I guess either having the team inside to do it for you or the team outside to do it for you. But how are we saying thank you on a regular basis to your customers that you already have? Because in the, the golden rule, it's harder to get a new sale than it is to keep whatever. So, you know, how are you consistently in their face and thanking them? That's right. Yeah, I mean, the, yeah, the old adage of, you know, it takes X amount of dollars more to, to – attract a new customer than it does to retain a current one you know wh- like you said what are you doing to- and what's the thank you card a dollar so yeah, yeah handwritten note a handwritten right. five note, minutes 50 cents yeah so it's just doing it that's right when i think too you know part of one of the really interesting things about the consumer journey and the sales funnel and all this and a big shift in the in our consumer behavior over the last 30 years i guess is that a hundred years ago once you had the trigger that you needed something Uh, you know, you knew of some brands, for example, probably within walking distance. And then the, the ones that you were considering doing business with got smaller, you know, as you decided the number that you were looking at got less and less. Well, now we know, especially with the internet, it's the opposite. You may have three or four major brands in your head, but then when you go to Google or you go to Facebook or you ask for recommendations from your friends, the number that you look at gets exponentially larger. It doesn't get smaller. You know, and then obviously eventually it almost goes from like really big to purchase. You know, sometimes you don't, not even narrowing it down along the way. But something that's really interesting, and I think that people need to remember, and any business that has Facebook, you know, where they're getting notifications about people tagging them can tell you this is happening. I see it across the board. It doesn't matter what industry our clients are in. But it, I mean, business to consumer specifically where people are going on Facebook and asking their friends for recommendations. And so making that loyalty loop where you're having that thank you note written or that touch point with the people that you already do business with can work for you even better now because we have this platform where people aren't just going to their best friend, their mom and dad, their neighbor and asking their opinion. There's fear of influences, people they don't even know in real life. You know, that they probably couldn't even speak to in the grocery store yet. They're asking them who their pediatrician should be. So 
thinking about that too, I mean, your customer base now can work for you. They have more opportunity to work for you and sell your vision, your brand to other people more now than they even ever have before. So you can't, you can't discount the power of the people that are already doing business with you. And it's so important. The people that we talk to, when we ask them how they're getting business right now, word of mouth is still one of the very top things they say. And so uh, sometimes they think that equates to we don't need to advertise because word of mouth is our top thing. Not realizing, hey, that's great. You need to be number one advertising to the people you already do business with yeah. because they're clearly your best sales tool. We've had a great discussion here. Um, we've got a couple more things that we want to touch on before we close out. But I just wanted to kind of reiterate some of these things that we talked about. You know, I'd say the five things that I kind of pulled out of our conversation, authenticity, being authentic and the way we communicate storytelling, you know, telling our story well and, and, and not just saying, here we are, who, you know, the, here's our logo, but actually telling the, the story of the brand, the loyalty loop. Uh, again, I think we've touched on that very well. Going back to the basics and then SEO, you know, that has to be a major part of, of your strategy as far as marketing in order to, to be seen. I wanted to take a quick minute to, to talk about 2022. We, I mean, we kind of been talking about it a little bit, but trend-wise, uh, as we kind of wrap this up, what kinds of things are you seeing? I mean, social media is obviously huge. Uh, being on every platform, is that worthwhile? I, I tend to lean towards not, you know, finding the, the key ones that match with your demographic of who you're looking for. Uh, so I'll have you touch on that. And then simple things, you know, what types of things that would kind of help maybe draw in maybe more leads, whether it be bots, you know, that are 24-7 on your website that, you know, can kind of start triggering some of those leads. I'll turn it over to you guys. Uh, you know, what sort of trends are you, you seeing? I guess I there's three that I really want to touch on. One being short format video is... I mean, we've been saying video is king for a long time. Short format video now, you know, obviously TikTok exploded in 2020, but Instagram Reels, YouTube Shorts, short format video is a real opportunity. Um, if you look at Instagram alone, you know, stories are important. Stories get a lot of engagement and people like to interact with them, but they're only there for 24 hours. A, a post in your feed is only going to show up for people for two to three days. If you do an Instagram reel, it's showing up for people for two to three weeks. So especially if you're somebody who doesn't have a large budget, short format video can really be useful. And now because Instagram and Facebook are owned by the same group, I'm sure if you've noticed, if you've been on your phone recently, they're showing Instagram reels in Facebook threads, you know, so you're scrolling down your Facebook home screen, you're seeing Instagram reels too, and then they're getting you to go over there. So short format video, number one, number two, this is just proving my point because of what we're doing right now. The audio opportunity and the increase in the audio format of especially podcasts is growing like crazy. Um, you know, when we invested in Augusta Podcasts and started there, I thought, oh, this is fun. Like, this is a cute little thing. And the more research and, oh, man, the writing's on the wall. They close stuff all the time. Um, and, yeah, every and, week we get like a oh cowbell my. for a new podcast show and it's not just there you know it's all over the country um i mean i joke podcasts aren't just for you know m murders and 
Joe Rogan <laughs> right? at this point. You know, I mean, they're for everything, and the the podcast uh, opportunity and the the audio format is gr- is growing. So there's a lot of opportunity there. I will tell y'all in our marketing action plans, I have started adding in an entire section on podcast strategy for people, not just creating their own, but sponsoring podcasts, being guests on podcast shows. There's a whole lot of strategy for us now with our marketing plans um, of recent. So that's the second one. And then the third one is that first-party data because there's going to be changes in, in the way that we get to use. You know, a lot of people think that our access to data is like an evil thing, but it is truly meant to create a better customer experience. You know, I don't want ads for aftershave because I currently, thank God, don't need it. You know, I want ads that are relevant to me. And so Having access to that data while I realize and I understand the concern for people's privacy and things like that and security, um, it does help to create a better experience. And so what I would tell people right now, you know, as this shift comes, now it's, it's been delayed some with Google and everything, but as this shift happens with less access to third-party data, you have to be collecting your own first-party data. And so that the SEO does help. All of your advertising helps. Um, all of your marketing helps driving people to your website, getting people to follow you on social media, getting them to subscribe to your newsletter, creating your own first party data of your customers is super, super helpful and going to be vital for people over the next few years as the opportunity for external data gets smaller and smaller. So those would be my, those would be my main things. Yeah, Mike? Um, since you did the trends really well, I'll do three just, uh, suggestions for 2022 which is do something with your marketing or your brand um and then i would say from that point stay consistent with it and then uh let's see do something stay consistent um oh and never compare yourself to another business in a bigger size market and use that as an example of like why your marketing's not doing something like stay focused on what you're doing here and your competitors in your area and the message that you're getting out. Don't try to focus on a different size market. So those would be my like three going to 22. Just do something with it and get out there. I think and, it, and know this, like if you think, well, social media is just easy. Our average social media account takes eight to 12 hours a month. So if one account to that's, do it well. Wait, it's eight to 12 hours just to create the content. That's not even including responding to people you know, any interaction that happens in real time. That's so just yeah. to plan so out and create the content. If you can't do that yourself, find somebody that can internally or externally. Well, this has been super helpful. I appreciate you guys coming in and, and kind of giving a lowdown on 2022 and what to expect. If anybody wants to, to reach out to you guys and have more information, we'll put it in the show notes too. But uh, where can they reach you guys? What's the best way? Social media, website? Google us. You will find us. There you we go. do our SEO well. Yeah. <laughs> Any of our it's Google test, My Business right? listings? Yeah. This is, yeah. But we also, AugustaMarketing.com. There you go. Yeah. There you go. Augusta, yeah, we own a lot of those. AugustaMarketing.com. AllisonSouth.com. You can go to any of those. Perfect. Yep. Well, Kate, Mike, we really appreciate your guys' time. And, uh, and again, everything you guys do for businesses in our community, uh, it, it's really super helpful. Uh, for people to get the right people doing the right job. So thank you guys, and uh, we'll see you guys next time. Thank you. Thanks for having us. Reagan, what another interesting conversation. Uh, Again, 
we could have kept this conversation going a long time. Kate and, and Mike were on fire. That's one of the lo- things I love about our podcast, Russ, is the conversations when they end, it feels like, oh my gosh, there's so much more that we could talk about. You know, three things that I took away from this conversation was one, you know, creating an experience is something that we often don't think about in our brand, right? We think about logo, things like that, but we've got to create that customer experience and that employee experience, right? So we've got to be consistent. That's the second thing is we've got to keep doing the same things. You just be consistent. And third thing is stay true to who you are. You've got to be authentic. Absolutely. And the loyalty loop. That was a great conversation too, talking about lost opportunities and maybe potentially how to keep that customer coming back. Right. Well, we want to thank our guests today, Mike Thomas and Kate Sanders, but we also need to thank our presenting sponsor, Premier Networks. You can visit them at AugustaITGuys.com. Again, that's AugustaITGuys.com. And we know you guys love this podcast, so please give us your five-star rating and subscribe wherever you find your podcasts. That's right, Reagan. We will catch you all next time for our fourth and final part of our series, A Brand New You in 22.